We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Dan Weederer, on-air contributor for 670 The Score. You're going to be relying on a lot of young players, guys that have to materialize into who they thought they were. The Bears are who we thought they were. When either they drafted them or guys that they believe in that were already here, that's guys like Justin Fields. Bears beat reporter and enterprise writer for the Chicago Tribune. Matt has pounded it home from the day he took the job with the hits principle and the acronym there and just saying repeatedly, we are going to be an effort-based football team. Dan Weederer. Get your track shoes on. With Bernstein and Holmes on 670 The Score. Dan Weederer is brought to you by Horizon Therapeutics, a global biotech company going to incredible lengths. He is on the Score Hotline, presented by Circa Resort and Casino in Las Vegas, home of the world's largest sports book. And you should always check out Twitch as well, twitch.tv slash Chicago 670, the score. Dan, the I'm told the press box was a bit of a crazy scene <laughs> as we were all taking in these these outcomes and trying to make some sense of the of the improbable as it was unfolding. Yeah, I mean, it was kind of a sideways day from start to finish in terms of just kind of like the week 18 silliness that goes on. And at the end of that game, I mean, certainly there was zero reason to watch Bears Vikings after really after the opening kickoff. Let's be honest about or it. Or before. <laughs> and, and so I think a lot of people were just waiting for the excuse to, to basically make that full 180 degree turn, watch the TV in the back and see if the AFC South tailspin bowl would finish in dramatic fashion, which it lived up to it. Right. And you had two teams that are absolutely miserable trying to figure out who could be more miserable. And then the Texans somehow pulled some, uh, a rabbit out of their hat at a time that they didn't need a rabbit pulled out of their hat. And there was a little bit of a, a reaction in the press box. And it was just, yeah, it was a strange scene, Dan, for sure. When it comes to Ian Cunningham's importance, to Ryan Poles and what it is that he's trying to accomplish. How would you describe it? Well, look, Lawrence, I think those two guys have been close for a long time. I think when they took the job here a year ago, they had a relationship where they were living together until their families moved here and they became even closer during that span. And that's the the period where you're, you're sort of sharpening a vision, you're establishing the things that you're after and, and you kind of go after it out of the early stages. And so, yeah, they're close, but there's also an understanding, uh, if, if I'm, I'm getting the drift of your question, that uh, Ian is very talented and has a, mm-hmm. a lot ahead of him. And, and he's going to be of interest to a lot of teams that are that are hiring general managers this year, next year, the year after that, whenever it may be. And so you're always prepared if you're in the seat that, that Ryan Poles is in to uh, have a secession plan, right? And, and to, to, to know what's ahead of you in the event that people move on. Do you have anybody circled on the Bears coaching staff for – a potential upgrade maybe where Iberflu says, oh, I didn't think this guy would be available and not necessarily punitively saying this guy did a bad job, he's fired, but maybe there's just somebody out there who Iberflu thinks could do a better job than someone he has. Uh, Dan, I honestly haven't looked at it that closely yet. I do think that in the state that this team is in, that, that, that the idea of upgrading anywhere and everywhere is on the table, you know, and so if you feel like you can find pieces, players, coaches, uh, support staff in this building, training staff, you know, there's going to be a lot of things looked at um, and they're going to try to figure out, okay, what do we need? 
Oh, no. Cylons got Weederer. I think they got him. They've been trying all season. I know. I know, but they're they waiting to spring it on him on this day of all days. Yeah. They were waiting to see if if he could make it onto the airwaves. Like, ah, oh, now you're comfortable. And your, your last week 18 hit, that's when we'll strike. Yeah, and they went about it quietly this time because I, I I think they're using some of their the, the elite Republican guard of 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 the Cylons that they've they've stepped up their game a little bit. They're not 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 quite as 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 ham handed as they've been in the past. That's crazy. Well, we'll reestablish with Dan because there's more things that we need to talk to him about uh, as it pertains to the quarterback. Oh, he's back. So, Dan, before the Cylons got you, you you were you were discussing. The, the the bears and where they where things sit right now yeah you should have heard the the knowledge i dropped it was yeah. amazing stuff that's going to be hard to replicate but no i was just saying that like in the state that this uh that this team is in that they, they need to be open-minded to upgrading everywhere you know in every department and trying to find people that match their vision and people that can you know kind of push them in a direction of becoming a a championship pursuing football team again because we've successfully pursued uh the bottom of the nfl and now it's time to to start making that climb the the stuff about the Bears presidency got a lot of heat, and then it got really quiet. What's yeah. the latest? So listen, I, I've had a lot of opportunity to, to cast some lines since we last talked, and and some of the things that you hear about the level of interest that Kevin Warren has for this position. It's Kevin Warren's people. Yeah, we'll we'll we'll, uh, we'll call him on yeah, the we'll, phone. We'll hook him up on the phone because get him uh, on the phone. Hey. Yeah. Look at Dan Weeder on the phone. Put him on the phone. Hey, phone. Get him on the phone. <laughs> I mean, your name is Phone. <laughs> oh, it's funny that I can laugh at the abuse that I suffered. <laughs> Take the rest of the day off, Jerome. You played the wrong Gillette. That's a 30 second one, not the 45 <laughs> second one. I asked for the 45 second one. I need to play that you, you for you guys at some one. point. Oh, it's so good. What? <laughs> A Batacola telling that story. So good. <laughs> Scores on the... It looks like he's got three and a half fingers. I don't know what you're doing. It's supposed to be scores of the fours. You put up four fingers. I don't know what you're doing there. Like, I got a broken finger, Murph. So, this is the best, the best I can, can do. do. <laughs> <laughs> so, the stuff that we're hearing about Kevin oh, Warren, God. now that you've got some... Uh, cast some lines out there, is what? Yeah, yeah, my best hit of the season, and they're coming. The snipers are coming for me. Uh, it's crazy. Um, no, so I was just saying that. Like, look, like there's, there's. You talk to people that that know Kevin. You talk to people around the league, and there's a belief that uh, his interest level is very high in this position, and that the things that that he believes that he could do to transform um, the standard and the culture and the push to turn this organization into what I think we all agree it deserves to be is high. And so that, you know, one of the words that was used uh, to me was uh, pressure, you know, that, that Kevin would put a pressure inside the building that would be a healthy pressure for people who uh, appreciate production, right. And appreciate the pursuit of production. And so it's going to be really interesting to kind of see where this goes in the coming days slash weeks and, and where the bears land and, and then how they explain it. Um, but certainly there's a, a sense in a lot of league circles that they couldn't do much better than a guy who's already very interested in the, in the gig. Do you know if, if any of this stuff that we're seeing from the city where now they've got, well, here's, here's a new rendering that we put up for what we could do. If any of that at this point is reaching the bears at the <laughs> highest level, because it feels comical to me. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't really think there's much traction to any of it because right now their focus is, is pretty central on Arlington Heights and trying to close the, the deal on that property and then figure out again who their next team president's going to be and then figure out how to transition from Ted to who that successor is and, and move forward from there. I mean, there's some really cool videos you can watch, right? And you can go into to fantasy land and, and play that game for a little while. But I don't, I don't really think that uh, any of that is on the front burner in terms of the people that matter at Hell's Hall. Ryan Poles can flex so much influence now because of the cap yeah. space that he has, because of the, the, the draft capital that he's holding. He speaks tomorrow. And yeah. tomorrow's his first day to lay out the, the, the public footing for a lot of this. And the public presentation begins tomorrow, which may be different from the private presentation of what he's saying to Justin Fields and to others who are involved. What should we expect? What, do you, what, what matters about what he says tomorrow? And what do you want to ask him? Well, look, I, I, I want to hear an honest assessment of what this team is now and what he believes is realistic to achieve with free agency capital and, and draft capital in 2023 and to see where they can go. Obviously, you want to hear his honest assessment as much as he's willing to provide it on the quarterback and the state of the passing game, which obviously he brought up uh, very recently in a pregame interview with Jeff Joniak and understanding that, that uh, you know this quarterback's got all the tools, all the intangibles, everything you want in a franchise quarterback. Now it's about taking the passing game up a couple levels with help around him and with the quarterback developing in that regard. So I'd like to hear some of that from, from an honest uh, informed lens uh, on how he views this thing and where he wants it to go. Uh, look, when we got to about year six of Ryan Pace, there was, I always said like Ryan Pace was never going to look back and say, Hey, I, I, I never got enough opportunity, right? I never had enough resources at my disposal. I never had a fair chance to succeed in this job. We're going to get there quicker with Ryan Poles just because of all the things that are at his disposal this offseason to mold this roster and build this team to, to his vision. I mean, you're talking about, uh, you know, the number one pick in the draft. You're talking about $110 million plus a salary cap for free agency. There's going to be an opportunity to do everything you ever wanted, and now it's your duty and your responsibility to succeed at the highest level with that. Yeah, I, I, I wonder if, as much as this is something that you covered, I, I wonder if Ryan Poles is like, oh, bleep, I – I got everything that I wanted, and now what am I supposed to (laughs) do? Now I'm going to have to go get guys. (laughs) No, I mean, right? Like, I mean, that's that's a real thing. And this is why I think, uh, honestly, from an observer standpoint, 2023 is going to be awesome because we're going to get to this point next year, and so much is going to be more clear right about this team about this quarterback about the whole situation that we're in it's not going to be a guessing game as much as it was in 2022 with people having to make their own projections and and guess what this is and guess what that is and and try to figure it out from here we're going to get to the end of 2023 and say well we've learned a lot about a lot of the people that are key to to being the engine of where this thing is supposed to go and so i just think it's going to be a a really cool 12 months to, to watch it unfold again even starting with the hiring of the team president here probably this month and I think that it's it's clear that the uh, the way we think about the team. I, let me let's not say we. The way I think about this team, and and now this year is over. This the burn yeah. the, the burn down year. I declared it over last week, but the the get out from under the dead cap year. The I'm not going to sign any good players year. We're going to have the worst roster in the league. They did it. It's over. The the grading rubric changes now. 
and it's better. And yeah. and, and, and th- see, for me personally, it's it's sort of determining as we go. Like, okay, now they've got this, and here's what I should expect. And now they've got this, and here's what I should expect. And it's going to be interesting to me as they start looking at, at a several. I don't want to say several, but at least two off seasons. Does he want to build the top third of the roster, the middle third, the bottom third, or a little bit of all three? That, that to me, that particular decision about how to construct the roster, depending on what's available to him, and I have no idea, and I'm not saying there's a right way or a wrong way, but, no, that, yes, yeah. but you know, that's going to influence you. If they've got real depth, but maybe they don't have some ass-kicking starters, or if they get some ass-kicking starters who are susceptible to injury and they don't have the real depth behind them, I can't wait to figure out how I'm going to calibrate my expectations. I'm, I'm eager to see that, too, because I think expectations were calibrated in a lot of different ways this year. And there's going to be an eye test to football in 2023 that is going to be undeniable for all of us. We're going to know, you know, we're going to know a lot more about the direction of a lot of young players. Uh, the quarterback is, is obviously central to that conversation. And it's going to be fun. You know, I had someone in the league tell me last week that the, the interesting thing about Justin right now, right, is that the gap between his floor and his ceiling is absolutely huge right now. Right. I think we, we would all agree with that and that it's going to narrow uh, in, in 2023, possibly both ways. Right. Maybe the ceiling comes down. Maybe the floor raises. Maybe the floor raises and the ceiling goes up. We'll see which way it goes. But right now, it, 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 there's such a wide gap that it, that it leaves a lot open for interpretation. And when we get to this time next year, there's not going to be as much uh, reading between the lines, interpreting that's needed because you're going to have a better supporting cast around him. You're going to have year three. You're going to have a second year in the system with Luke Getze, uh, presumably. And, and you're going to be able to just make a more thorough judgment of, of, of who the quarterback is and who he ultimately can become. Do you suspect that Getze will get head coaching opportunities? Um, I think his name will be on lists. I, I think, you know, you're not – you're coming off a season in which your team earned the number one pick and your passing offense was historically bad. So it's not exactly a strike while the iron's hot situation. But again, like Luke is really, really appreciated in this building. And, and part of what Justin said today uh, during his little exit interview in front of his locker is just how much um, trust and confidence he has in Luke as a guy to be a, a sounding board, to be a confidant, to be alongside him in this quarterback journey he's on. And, and that's not to be undervalued, you know, because it's very, very meaningful, particularly in the stage of development that Justin's in to have that trust. We obviously know uh, from very recent previous experience that when that trust isn't there, it can get really haywire really quickly. And so that's a big thing that the bears have working in their favor as they push this thing forward. What else was interesting from what Justin had to say? Look, I, you know, I mean, he was asked about not having the opportunity to go after Lamar Jackson's rushing record and said, yeah, obviously it's a little bit disappointing, but ultimately the records I want to set are passing records. And Justin has grand goals and he has grand visions and they're shared by the city of Chicago and he's going to do everything he can to pursue those uh, and, and attack those. I'll tell you the most interesting thing out here today, probably though, uh, Lawrence was from the other Justin, Justin Jones, who sort of said that there was a chance in these last few days, and including this morning, for players to express to the coaches, his word was grievances, you know, things that, that they felt didn't go well within the 2022 season. And it was just interesting to hear him say that uh, he was sort of more hopeful that there would be um, you know, not that there wasn't an open door policy here between players and coaches, but that it wasn't sort of at the forefront where, where players understood that, that they can and should 
take advantage of that on a regular basis to express things that, that they're either frustrated with or confused by or, or wanted better explanations to, and that there was a, a good, healthy, honest back and forth between players and coaches here on the final day here to, to kind of to get some of that on the table. I'm not a, a big uh, quarterback gets his receivers together in the offseason to run patterns at a local high school kind of guy. But with that said, what how what are the resources and the effort involved in the the Chase Claypool, for lack of a better term, reclamation to make sure that that value is still because I I do think there is still value there. I know it's it, it's it's popular to just write them off and put that on the negative side of the ledger for polls, but I know the Bears aren't necessarily looking at it that way. Dan, I'm nervous about it. I, I'm really nervous about it. There, there's. Um an emotional volatility that Claypool has shown here in the, in the last few weeks. Uh, he didn't speak after the game yesterday. He didn't speak again today. That, that leaves you a little bit uneasy about how well he's going to be able to be steady through turbulence. And there's still a lot of turbulence ahead for this roster, for this football team, for this, you know, developing offense. And, and you, you just traded the 32nd overall pick for that guy to be a part of your future. There was a conversation in the media room this morning on whether the Bears would consider extending him before next season begins just to keep him happy. No, and and I, exactly. No chance, zero chance. That would be ridiculous to, you know, paint yourself further into a corner. Um, but look like they need that guy to be something for them next year. And they need him to be in the right headspace. They need him to have the right chemistry with his quarterback and whatever that looks like this off season to, to kind of get that, that thing going in the right direction. You need to, to, to push to make that a priority for yourself. Because again, you traded away a very premium asset to to bring him into your program, and, and you didn't get the results, obviously, at the forefront, and, and now you have to try to get something out of him in 2023. That asset is basically a first-round pick now, and it's it's uh, yeah. unfortunate. I, I'm curious, Dan, when, peop- when you were talking to people in and around Pittsburgh about the Claypool deal, why did they say that he wouldn't work in Pittsburgh? Well, there were some issues with drops. I I think there were some issues with, um, you know, I I hate to use the word attitude because attitude's a a heavy word, but just kind of a a feeling as if he had reached a state of arrival that um, was not yet reached, (laughs) if that makes sense. And so that can be sometimes difficult to deal with. You know, like, obviously, I was here for the latter part of of Brandon Marshall's tenure here, and you knew with Brandon that you were going to deal with some volatility but you also know he was going to give you 110 catches and 1,400 yards, right? Like, and so, so there was a certain level of it that you were willing to put up with because you're like, all right, when it's third and six and Jay needs to go somewhere to move the chains, he can just stick one in, in 15's chest and he's going to catch it and he's going to be, you know, strong with it and he's going to move the chains and he's going to be a playmaker for us. Um, you know, like with Claypool, I think there's just a lot of unanswered question marks on his resume to this point. And I think Chase believes some of those are answered that the rest of the league is saying, well, hold up a, a second. You know, you really have not proven enough in this league to, to, to kind of, um, I, I don't want to say demand, but request the voice that you want to have as a, a spokesperson for a lot of different things. Dan Wiederer, thanks for everything this season. Appreciate it much. Yeah, had a great time, guys. Have a good one. Dan Wiederer of the Chicago Tribune. And now it is that time where I'm going to do it. Oh, I'm going to push the button. You ready? A little later than we usually do. Well, because we had Anthony in studio for a couple of segments. So here we go. It is a Bears Monday brought to you by Horizon Therapeutics. And on Bears Mondays, we take phone calls. The phone lines are now open. 
What's the phone number? 312-644-6767. I'm glad you asked. Bears Monday calls on Bernstein and Holmes next on The Score. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Bernstein at Homes, middays 10 to 2 on Sports Radio 670 The Score and 670thescore.com in Odyssey Station. How would you capsulize or evaluate your season personally I feel like you know myself I grew over the year got better so I mean that's that's really you know my main goal was just to get better each and every day and you know improve so I'd say and, and, and what will you do in the off season in terms of training and obviously getting better as well what do you mean like in terms of like are you gonna train right away do you take some time off yeah just just working out gonna take a little bit of time off and um you know Get back to lifting, running, and, of course, throwing and stuff like that. So That's Justin Fields. Did you see there was a moment after the game where Justin Fields, where David Montgomery came over to give Justin Fields a hug? But Mark Grody wouldn't get out of the way. Groats was messing up their bro hug? Yeah, like he just could you know, dap him up and give him a little bit of love, and, and Groats was just standing there. He was like, get, get out of the damn way, man. Is it Mark Grody's birthday today? Is it? Somebody said... It sure is. How old is that man? Couldn't tell you. You can tell me. I'm a doctor. Don't call him Shirley. <laughs> how, how, how old is Grody? I don't know. I think he's... Mid-40s? I think he's in between us. No, he's not older than you. Yeah, yeah I think he is. Really? Yeah. He's a, he's a youthful 50 then. Yeah. Is he 50? Well, I'm not 50. I know, so. but I'm 53 and, and, and you're you're getting there. Not yet. I'm not getting to fifty three. No, but you're getting you're you're inching closer I'm to forty seven. I know. That's what I mean. So if he's in between us, he's fifty. He's at the Brimley line. Mark Rohde, how old are you today? Yeah, look it up. Wish him a happy birthday, and then we can make fun of him for being old. All right, let's take some phone calls, shall we? Here's Mario in Hyde Park on the score. What's happening, Mario? I'm I'm fifty five years old, and I've been a bear fan my whole Stop life. Stop it! Knock it off. <laughs> I am 55 years old, though. And That's mo- true. And move fields to running back. And Zorich to linebacker. Hey, hey, man, we used to chase Chris Zorich all over 79th Street, and he would always get away by his mom rescuing him when she would show up on her bike. And Chris will tell you that, my friend. I anyway, love these retroactive uh, Chicago stories That's back here. when CVS was more than just a pharmacy. Yeah, I was right. Hey, I, Hold on, Mario. I, I, Today, Mark Grody is 51 years old. Wow. Cool. His Dick Butkus. Dick Butkus. A a Chicago vocational grad, as am I. Thank you very much. Anyway, Justin Fields. Aunt Heron should have... Somebody needs to buy that man dinner for what he said today about Justin Fields because he's absolutely correct. His throwing, it shouldn't... None of this should be an issue anymore. There should be no what if, is he, none of it. He is. He is. Everything they wanted 
he is. And you still got him on a rookie contract. So even if somewhere in the back of Ryan Pohl's mind that he thinks he's not it, you got one more year at a nice price before you have to figure out, do we want to pay this man or let him ride out? Take those picks and beat them over the head with every ounce of strength you got and get as much as you can for that stupid number one pick that we all have to sit through this crap to get. I'm so glad this football season is over, and I hate for three months that we're going to have to hear about, I don't know if he's right for the job. He's right for the damn job. Thanks, Mario, as always. And, and to me, look, it's not just one year. It's three. Like, if you're thinking about this like in the terms of a, of a baseball player, Justin Fields is under contract control for the next three seasons. The All-Stars are out today. Frank and Oak Park, you're on the score. Guys, uh, prayers for Liam Hendricks and his family after his diagnosis. I don't know what the treatment options for that type of cancer. Maybe you and your, your friends do, Bernsey, but uh, it's good to have the tank portion of the season over. I was unhappy that the Bears won't have their coaches working the East-West Shrine game from what Brad Big said in his column today. Those backup corners and rotational rushers you can pick up late from that contest can help you win games when you're banged up in November and December. In free agency, I hope the Bears will take a page from the playbook with Julius Peppers more than a decade ago. Poles or Cunningham, if he's still here, should be in Darren Payne's driveway at 12.01 a.m. the day free agency opens. I'd like to see them keep Montgomery, but I fear pole values running backs less than non-pass rushing linebackers. In the draft, I have a nugget to go after if they trade down. You think the depth chart is bad at receiver behind Mooney and Claypool? Check out tight end behind Komet. Those wide-out depth pieces look like canned material compared to that group of scrubs. If the Colts want to move up to take a QB, take their 2022 third-round tight end Jelani Woods among a haul of other 2023 picks. When you can run two tight end formations and the second big guy is 6'7 at 253 pounds, runs a 4.6140 and has good hands, you're creating a lot of problems for opposing DCs and some easy reads for your young quarterback. Thanks, Frank. You want tight ends? Watch Georgia tonight because Georgia's yeah, got like four of them. They have an army of really special tight ends. Yeah, we should mention that too. That, that we watch the nose tackle. And there, there's some other. There's a lot of NFL guys wearing red. Wide receiver wearing white, also. That and that's about it. Yeah, as far as NFL goes. Yeah. I mean, no, there's they're NFL players. defensive backs. There's a couple yeah. defensive backs who are pretty tough kids. I, I think there's a there's there's also a running back that's an NFL running back for TCU. But you know, the value of that position is you know, it's running back. South Bend and Jr. on Sports Radio 670. Hey guys, how you doing? Thanks for my call. Thank you. What's up? Oh well, I'm uh, great day of football yesterday, wasn't it? You know, yeah, we, we Lovey did, did best. The Detroit Lions did the amazing, and here we are with the number one pick. You know, wonderful thing. What I'm hoping to see though in the off season, uh, you know, unlike Frank, my my focus is going towards the offensive line. I think we should be finding the best, the first word, healthiest. Um, uh, stud offensive tackle we can find in the free agency. Buy that guy, and then you know, kind of put him in the uh, the mix 
before the draft and say, hey, who do you think we should pick that you, you can mentor along with? We need we have not had outside tackles since uh, God, you know, like eighty five. And by the way, that's yeah, not true. I, I, I'm fifty eight. That, that, that's who, not who? who? The, the Bears had a terrific pair of tackles that they found in free agency in Fred Miller and John Tate. How many times did uh, QB one get sacked this year? Yeah, fifty five, fifty seven. That doesn't have anything so, to do anyway, with Fred Miller and John point, Tate. Yeah, I, my I, thought, just not true. My thought is that, that the offensive line Charles needs Leno was to also be addressed. Fine. Pro Bowler. Yeah, yeah. And when you start looking for the healthy tackles, guess who one of the healthiest tackles in the NFL was this year? Braxton Jones played every snap. Not well though. No, but he, but if you're talking about someone who answered the bell, that's not meaningless. I think that the cool thing about the position that the Bears are in, specifically with the tackle spot, is you're in a position where you can go and spend money on the tackle position and you can trade down and still find one of the better tackles in this year's draft. If you do it right, and we all know that Ryan Poles was at least up at Northwestern looking around at things. Just saying. In Milwaukee, Brazil is on the score. Uh, how you guys doing, man? I, I appreciate you guys uh, having me. It's my first time ever talking to you guys, man. Thanks I for being had. Yeah, no, no problem, man. Um, I just want to make a comment about Justin Fields, man. I feel like um, Justin Fields, all across the nation, even locally, man, is always looked upon as somebody that has a uh, is uncertain. His floors, his ceiling, everything is all over the place. But this morning when I was listening to Mully and Hanley, they was making a point about the defensive coordinator, uh, Allen, and they were saying how he basically didn't have any talent, so we should be you know, open to giving him more time. And I, I can't figure that out with Justin. Like, he's playing with a trash team. Like, our team is terrible. It was disgusting to see how he had to go through all that stuff. Well, well wait, let, let, me, let me head you off here and just get to, to the crux of this. What do you think of Justin Fields? I think he's the most talented quarter, quarterback, young quarterback in the league, if you ask me. I agree with you. He's absolutely incredible. He just don't have any no help. And the, the media seems to always want to make him not be that guy. Like, he's not the one. He's, he's, he got so much that we don't know. And we, we don't – you didn't see all the magical things he did. I know it wasn't with his arm all the time, but when you have no time to throw the ball, it's incredibly insulting. I know it is as a player. I know he would probably feel this way. I don't know him personally, but I know he feels insulted every time he hears somebody say he can't throw the ball. When you see him get sacked like nine times in one game, what is that all about? I appreciate you guys listening, man. Have a good rest of your day, man. Happy New Year's. You too. Thanks, Brazil. P1 right there. Brazil's had quite enough of people saying things about Justin Fields. Tony Southside, you're on the score. Hey, what's up, gentlemen? How we doing today? Good, Tony. We're good. Let's exhale because this season is finally over with. Mm-hmm. This extended preseason that we had. One, I called earlier in the year about that. And just to say that we saw the progress of Justin come about in ways that we never would think that he could progress and with this team that they put together for him. Uh, if I was the best, I would try to build inside out. Meaning, like, let's deal with the offensive line, defensive line, and then go back out to the linebacker and running backs and receivers and everything like that. 
Uh, I'm like I said, I'm just I'm, I've never been in this position as a Bears fan with the number one draft pick. It's it's funny, it's uncanny because you see other teams in this position, but for us to be in this position right now, it's refreshing. And if I was posed in that conference tomorrow, I would come out playing Drake. I got everything. I got everything because that's just what my brother got. Let's go, Bears. Hey, let's just do something different this year. <laughs> let's go, Bears. <laughs> I knew this would be a fun day. We're going to take more calls. You know, go, Bears. When we come back at a couple lines open, if you want to jump. Actually, we don't have a line. I lied. So uh, sorry about that. Another bank of phone calls coming your way next on the score. Bernstein and Holmes, middays ten to two on Sports Radio six seventy the score 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 and six seventy the score dot com in Odyssey Station. The Bears. Not a cloud in the damn sky after like, a whole straight month with. No sun at all. And now, just as the Bears get the number one pick, thanks to Lovey Smith deciding to <laughs> stick it to some you thought, folks. You thought you were going to get Lovey. Uh-uh. Mm-mm. Lovey got you. Uh-huh. God, that was fun. We will talk about that coming up at 1 o'clock. Dave in Grand Rapids, welcome to Sports Radio 670. Hey, guys. Thanks for setting me up, Dan. Coming up on the one-year anniversary since this uh, symbiotic relationship started between Chris Ballard and Indy, sending Coach Eberflus and the defensive staff, uh, Nick Foles, and now the number one pick gets gift-wrapped and uh, sent north up I-65. What do you think the chances are that uh, they go after Kenny Moore or Buckner or maybe Shaq Leonard, somebody that Coach E is familiar with that they can help build around don't get fixated on players. I think that everything will be available to the Bears, including trades that are with players that are on rosters. But don't get fixated in, well, you know, if they trade with this team, they can get this guy. They're just in a position right now to do whatever they want. But don't get fixated. Don't- I do think, though, it, it is it usually behooves one to look at those connections in football, to look at yes. the Chiefs' connections, whether you're talking about their left tackle, Orlando Brown, and some of the possibilities there. I don't know what he thinks of our guy, Nick Allegretti, who would be a really good interior depth signing as well. But I, I think it's – but there we're not there yet, right? Right now it's so much bigger than individual players right now. I think it's good advice from you. Joe in Schaumburg is on the score on a Bears Monday. Hey guys, good afternoon. Thanks for taking my call. Um, Lawrence, I haven't chatted with you since you were on nights, man, so it's been a while. Um, but my thought is I'm a Justin guy. Mario, Brazil, those guys nailed it. Um, and my question is in recent memory, I can't recall, but has a team ever traded back twice? Because, like you're saying, Lawrence, I want them to fleece everybody and just get assets i i you think know, that them trading work. back twice is definitely in the cards i would love that because i don't think there's that dude necessarily in this draft but there are guys if that makes sense and we just need so much but i i'm, I'm loving you know we don't want a losing season but we got what we wanted out of it and hopefully we can start to turn the ship 
The Appreciate other, it. The other piece of advice that I would offer is you don't have to look at it as, is there a perfect prospect that someone will jump up and, 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 and give a, a bounty for the number one pick? It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if you think Bryce Young is better than Will Levis or better than C.J. Stroud or that Anthony Richardson is someone that has gifts that are going to allow him to jump ahead. All that matters is that one team for sure has that feeling. And just let it ripen a little bit. Just let it ripen. Let it, let, 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 don't pick that juicy tomato too soon because it's going to get real big and plump and red and perfect. And then Matt Bowen's going to have to go out there with a sledgehammer. (laughs) Destroy it. And destroy it. Jarrett is in Milwaukee and is on the score. Hey, how you doing, guys? Great. So, Lawrence, I caught you on uh, NBC5 with the guys, man. That's an all-star cast. Loved it. Um, It is. I had this dream scenario in my head before the whole thing. If the Bears got number one, how Indy would be the ideal trade partner at number four. And Lovey not only did us a favor, he did a multitude of favors because that's one more quarterback needy team in the top four. I'm seeing a heavy debate. Do we trade the pick or do we take one of the two premier defenders? If we get, you know, we got the Indy connection, as Dan just mentioned. We, you know, get them to come up to one. You got quarterbacks one at two. Arizona grabs the defensive guy at three. And then we still have the other one or a choice choice to trade down from four for a guy that really covets that defensive stud. Like the Eric got to say. I think that it would be a failure if the Bears made a pick at number one. That, to me, would be the only wrong move. And I do think that they they need to pursue, and I imagine they will, talking with other teams that are desperate because they have Will Levis graded number one, or they have they they have Anthony Richardson as being the steal of this draft. But they and, don't know yet. These draft boards aren't they're a long way from being yes, set. We're so far we, from that. We still got the national championship game tonight. We still have the senior bowl. We still have the Legacy Bowl uh, to go through. I we, hope this game is over fast tonight. I want to watch the Dan, Bulls. It is not going to be over. Fa- I mean, I no. I mean, college games take five hours. Yeah, I know. It, the, but I, but the, I, the length of the broadcast is going to be four hours. I want it the to be like could, thirty-six to three at halftime. And if, if Georgia gets up two touchdowns, that'll probably be it. Just blow their doors off and let me watch the Bulls. But what about the underdog story? <laughs> Thanks. You mean the, the the mechanic that you were using while watching Aaron Rodgers walk off the field with Randall Cobb, and there they are together. That was the Aaron Rodgers and old Green Eyes out here walking away. Wanktastic moments in sports history. It was so great. It was, and I I also felt bad. I mean, I know we're going to talk about this in the one o'clock, but I also felt bad because no one told Dan Campbell about the Vaseline. I know, and he got the Tom Coughlin face going. Yeah, his oh. nose I'm, is, I'm sure, problematic today. And I'm like, fam, didn't none of y'all tell that man he don't have to be out here like this? Even when he was playing. How did he not know when he was playing? It was so, Mike, it was so red. And I'm like, oh, that, that's going to need some treatment and some ointment. 
He's going to end up like the like the people eater in Mad Max Fury Road. Yes. Yep. Tony in Lake Forest, you're on the score. Happy Horizon Therapeutics Bears Monday. Hey, guys. Happy New Year's. Um, my worry is I've been around Ryan Poles a little bit. Our kids play in the same football and basketball leagues. He is very tight-lipped. And my biggest worry is that he is going to want to put his stamp on the franchise with in, with a number one quarterback. And I'm, I just don't see a need for that, and I'm afraid that he's going to do just that. Whether he trades down or, like Lawrence said, utilizes that number one pick for his QB1. I'm uh, just wondering what you guys think about that. I think that if he does that, he's a fool. I think if, if we go through all of this and at the end of it, he uses the no- – first of all, he shouldn't use the number one pick to draft anybody. And if he were to use the number one pick to draft a quarterback, he's a fool. It's a it's a wasted roster spot and a wasted opportunity to leverage the rest of the league to get more good players immediately. Dave is next on the score. Hello, Dave. Hey guys, uh, NAU Dave. Happy New Year, both you guys. Uh, we have we as Bear fans have never ever been in this kind of a position. Let's think about the things the Bears don't need. We don't need a GM. We don't need a coach. We don't need a quarterback. If they sign Montgomery, we don't need a running back. There are so many things we don't need. Here's what we have. We have a new team president coming online, which could possibly help us get a stadium out in the suburbs. We have the number one pick, and we have a ton. We have the most cap space in the league. Let's go. I cannot wait to see what, this, what happens with this team this upcoming season. Lawrence, I agree completely. If he makes a pick with that first pick, it could really be frustrating. But, God, if they trade it down and get some assets, let's bleep and go, man. I can't wait for 2023. Thanks, Dave. Appreciate it. You wanted to talk Lovey next? I do. I want to talk about I want to talk about Lovey. And I want to talk about I – mean, look, it's going to be a lot of ha-ha in there. But there's also some serious stuff that we need to talk about as, as it goes to the way the Texans have dispatched – of two black coaches in the last two years. But mostly haha, because I think Lovey may have gotten the last laugh on this one, and it completely benefits the Bears. And that's great. We'll do that next here on the score. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.